Welcome to the Hillbilly and the Hipster. That's right, it is the Hillbilly and the Hipster. And I'm Chad McCool, and that was my brother from another mother, Andy Crow, joining me in the luxurious Dumpster Fire Studios. Welcome, my friends. <laughs> you threatened and you delivered. I delivered. I am nothing but a man of my word. Uh, somehow I'm going to move to Kentucky and we're going to find a small, like a small AM station. And we're going to convince these fools to let us be the morning drive time. I, well, look, I could probably make that happen. I mean, I could have made it happen in Indiana. I can make it happen here. I got to have to work my, my magic to make it happen in Kentucky. I don't know, man. There's uh I can do some research. We can, we can we can do this, man. <laughs> so what's shaking, Andy? How you been? Well, today is the hundredth day of school. Um, as yeah, of recording, I don't, I don't this, know what that is. Of, well, you know, it's a big deal, man. Um, and so my youngest class, they got to, and I'll I'll post pictures on our social media. Uh, but they uh, they got to dress up as a hundred year old, and so we bought this sweet costume for for mason right so he's got the the big mustache and the big gray um eyebrows and what what essentially has happened is i have bought the cheapest kids church outfit <laughs> but the reason it was so cheap is because they say it's a costume i could go to Coles and buy the same thing for four times the price and then and then turner he his teachers said last week that their class wasn't dressing up because you know they're fourth graders they're, they're cool, cool. So he got a shirt. This is my teacher has survived a hundred days with me. Um, but then, you know, but Mason, like he's got a cane, he's got the the sweater vest and the suspenders and the bow tie, bow tie. The, pants up, the pants that are up to his chest. And he's got the little, I call them golf hats. I don't know what they're actually called, but the old man looking hat and the best, like it came with a cane. I, I own two of those hats. I, I love those hats. Like that's all I would wear if I had uh multiple. But uh he was a little mad I wouldn't let him take the pipe to school with him. I just didn't I couldn't see Meadowlands Elementary letting him letting him walk around with a pipe all day. So I have many questions. One, probably this is more of a commentary. Back when I was in school, we just had school. When you walk uphill both ways, too. In the snow. No shoes. I did have to walk like a mile to high school. No, I lived out in the middle of nowhere, so I drove. I got kicked off the bus more than I was allowed to ride it. So if I didn't get my driver's license early, I was up creek. Yeah, the only kids who got bussed where I went to school were, were either special needs kids or the delinquents, like kids who had been in trouble. They and and both sets they got bused to the same school. Like this one, and at, we didn't have middle school where I went. I, we, all the schools were K through eight, so they went to the the same school was where they could, you know, they were incorporating special needs kids into um into the curriculum or into the program, and then they had a special program for kids who were like you know got jammed up because, you know, when I left eighth grade um well when in eighth grade i i was in eighth grade with a, a like four or five 16 year olds and um 
about a fourth of the boys in eighth grade became fathers that summer. You sure we're not from the same area? <laughs> well, you know that there is there's the the thing that that gets that always tried to be disproven, but that you know the 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 rural white man has the same real issues, mainly like legal issues and and run-ins with the police that that are described to the urban man of color. You know that, yeah. that rural white men really they're they're very very their their paths can be very similar. Yeah, no, and and if this was a different uh, different podcast, I'd probably make some more comments, but I need to keep some of my past in in check. Um, so, Andy, I, I was thinking about something that happened to me a long time ago, maybe about ten years ago. I lived in this uh, apartment complex, had a fairly large balcony, and I had a grill, you know, and and I it was a smokeless. Oh, so so we're bringing this up. Huh? It was a smoke free community. We're, we're doing this. We're doing this. But I'll put myself out first is a smoke free community. I couldn't have a smoker and I learned how to smoke on a propane grill. And I, I got a little smoke box built for me and stuff like that. Hank Hill would be proud, by the way. He was. Hank it was Hill. propane. Hank Hill would be proud. Um, I can't have propane at all now. So now I have an electric smoker and that's been a a, a learning curve for me. But um, somehow someone pushed his grill too far back or, or too close to the wall and I had a flare up and it shot out flame and basically scorched the siding of my apartment building where I scrubbed it. Nobody knew about this. I scrubbed it. And if you really looked up close, you could tell it was discolored, but I scrubbed the heck out of that. Shout out to Magic Eraser. Not only can oh, Magic, Magic Eraser... Er Mr. Clean is a, he, a godsend. Not only does Magic Eraser um, remove evidence of you setting your house on fire, it also is the key to cleaning baptistries. Well, that I that I know, yes. So, you know, I almost set my house on fire and I think one of my kids saw it, my youngest kid, and you know, we I, I cleaned it up and everything like that. But you ever have anything like that happen to you? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah. Last week. Well, wait, let me just say this. I, I, I should have looked it up before. I get a text message from Andy saying, my neighbor's frantically knocking on my door. And I'm paraphrasing, but maybe adding some words. But my neighbor's banging on my door. They're on the phone with 911. My house is on fire. That's what the text said. And so then I'm trying to text him back. Are you okay? What? And I get nothing for like 10 or 15 minutes. It's like, no, no, it's just my grill. So here's the deal, Okay. I got a really good deal on a pork loin. And so I put it on the smoker. I have a pellet grill or a pellet smoker. Did this um, uh did this pork loin come from the back of a van in like a grocery store parking lot? Aldi. I mean same thing. <laughs> oh yeah. That's so true. you know, there comes a time and every I have a small pellet smoker. So every so often I gotta go out and add more pellets to it. Mm -hmm. And in the process of me adding some more pellets, um, every so often I have to like shop back the dust and stuff out of it or it'll kind of explode. Um, and I guess this was that time, but I couldn't because, well, I had meat on it. So I just put more pellets in it and shut it and prime it and all that good stuff. Like I've done so many stinking times in the past. 
when smoking other things, right? Go back in the house, like nothing's going on. And then I look out the window um, and there's like, you would have thought we elected a new Pope, like just smoke billowing, right? And so I go outside and I, I open the lid and, you know, it, you can't see the meat because it's just like... It, Flame? No, there's no... I don't see the flame yet. But okay, so here here's the thing. Like when the Undertaker first came out in WWE, right? It all had, goes back to WWE. Yeah, and wasn't that WWF when the Undertaker first it was, came out? It was WWF. And so his, his manager had the urn, right? And there was one match in particular, like this this I don't remember, Yokozuna throws him in a casket, but they uh they knock the urn over and this pillars of smoke just starts rolling out of it and you can't see anything other than smoke. And they're like, oh my god, what is going on here? And that's what it was. Like just all you see is the smoke like billowing out. I don't think anything of it because I know what I'm doing. That's a that's a sensor. If you go back to biblical times, if you look in Revelation 8, that's a sensor. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for that. And uh, I just preached Revelation 8. That's why it's on the top of my head. So then I, I put it back down. I'm like, it'll be fine. No big deal. And then you can see like there's more and more smoke bill billowing up coming out, you know, where the smoke comes out of the little the little crevice. And then all of a sudden, like you start hearing something. And I was like, huh, wonder what that is. And as I'm walking, I'm probably 15 feet away from it. And as I'm walking toward it, you hear a, <laughs> and then the 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 little like, I want to call it a door, but I don't know what the technical term the the lid, it just like shoots up and then comes back down, and now there are flames, right? And so I I'm like fixing my meat and spraying down the flames, and it's it's all good. Um, pork was great, by the way. Um, really smoke flavored. It was seared. It no, it was it was set off to the it was set off of the plane. So anyway, and then I hear something in the background. Sirens? Uh, no, no, like somebody knocking on the door. Uh, I assume it's one of Turner's friends because it's close to after school time. Yeah. Um, I was like, well, he's not home yet. So, and then they just keep knocking, and I was like, ah. So I go to the door and I'm holding back my dog, and all of a sudden this woman's like, "Are you okay? I've never seen this woman." And I was like, I'm sorry? And she goes, is there anyone else in the house? You're like, that's none of your business. I go, I'm sorry? And she goes, we were driving and we saw the smoke. I said, oh, I, I said, I'm smoking dinner. I maybe overfilled my pellets. And then you hear on the phone go, oh, it's just a smoker. It's okay. Click. <laughs> and I was like, what? And she so, said, we were, so we fire were department never showed up. No. She was on the phone with 911. She was like, yeah, we were driving down the road and we saw a little thing of smoke and it caught my husband's eye. And then all of a sudden it just started billowing. And so we freaked out and we, I, I don't even know where this woman lives. She's not on our street and she's not on the street behind us. I don't recognize the car. And so I was like, oh, cool. Thank you so much. Like, I, you know, I appreciate you, your concern. Yeah. And then I shut the door and I was like, that's embarrassing. Well, it's good to know there's still neighbors out there. Oh, there's absolutely. Neighborly I, people. I would have died had I been sitting on the couch because I was watching old WWE pay-per-views. Like, I think I was on, like, the 93 or 94 Royal Rumble. 
because you know last Saturday was the Royal Rumble for this year, and so I just wanted to get in the the right mindset. Go down memory lane. That's right. That's right. And uh, how embarrassing would it have been for like my front door to get kicked in by the fire department? And you're sitting there in your and I'm just sitting there watching Razor Ramon. Yeah, me and Cedar just chilling in my recliner. Golly, I need body cam footage when that happens. (laughs) One way to get a new door. You know, when you were talking about uh, use a shop vac to clean it out, it made me think, I guess this is going to be why Chad and Andy are idiots and Chad's the bigger idiot than Andy. So um, we have two shop vacs at church and I I took the bigger one. I just borrowed it, took it to my house to kind of clean out to really clean out my fireplace like after i'd shoveled out some of the ashes and it really needed to get cleaned and so my wife's in the kitchen and and you know how my apartment is you've stayed there right you know how it's laid out and so i i i'm i'm on my knees i've got the shop back i turn it on and then and it's loud and it's in my ear and my wife just starts screaming at me to shut it off because I never checked that the plug was on the back end of the shop vac. And as I'm sucking up, our whole wall on the back is just gray and covered in ash that literally I am still, still cleaning that off today. I think, I think I, I, I've gotten everything and I still find a spot that I've got to watch. So so I, I think it was Thanksgiving time this past year. Um, Michael Donnie, who is single-handedly the coolest man I, I know. Um, what? I said what I said. You've <laughs> met him, you know. So he they were they he was cooking something and Claudia was like, which is my aunt, she was like, Hand me the flour. And so he's like, Oh, it's empty. I'll I'll put a new thing of flour in the canister that we keep our flour in. And you know, he's struggling with the flour to open it. And the next thing you know, like uh, you know the the is it a one pound or a two pound bag of flour that you the buy? The small sacks. Yeah, I think the small sacks are a pound. Anyway, there's a pound of flour all over the place, and so he goes and Claudia's sweeping, and you know there you just know what's going through their head, and we couldn't say it on our show, but I just. Cause I, you know, I'd have been doing the same thing. Let's be, let's be brutally honest. Here. And they're still cleaning it. Like flour is like pine goes, needles from a Christmas yeah, tree. But it's like it's all in the kitchen, right? So he goes and gets a shop back, hits it, and sucking it in. There's no plug or anything. Oh, so he did the same thing. And I so did. yeah, but instead of keeping it all in one spot, like now it's gone from the kitchen to the dining and the living room. Yeah. So it's literally <laughs> one end of the house to the other, all flat. So oh, I'm in, it. I'm in good company. <laughs> you're in great company that's right but this is this is why we could never live on our own because we would we would die but andy you know who can live on his own and and will not have any shop vac troubles oh i i, I would venture to guess keith he who's uh he's been quiet this week and i, I was going to give him some time to grieve over sunday i haven't even brought it up yet i haven't I was going to reach out to him today. or anything. <laughs> Although me and my pastor, so uh, one of our deacons is a huge Lions fan too. And we were joking about taking up some money from some of the guys at church to to send some morning flowers like you would do a funeral <laughs> to him this morning or uh, Monday morning. We didn't do it out of fear that, because he's a mailman, you know, so ooh, out of fear that we'd set him off. off. Yeah, I don't need that. 
Well, I don't think the fine folks at San Calgano Armory have any problems with shop vacs because um, they're 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 more real men than you and I are. That's right, and he's got a new forge too. So that's, yeah, it's uh, pretty sweet. He's got some good good stuff going on. But let's uh, let's talk about our friends over at San Calgano. You want to? Yes, sir. St. Gagano Armory is the premier destination for handcrafted and blacksmith merchandise. They use traditional techniques to create unique and stunning pieces, each one embedded with the spirit of St. Gagano himself. Each item is a work of art crafted with care and attention to detail. St. Gagano Armory believes that quality and authenticity are paramount. That's why they use only the finest materials and take pride in their craftsmanship. The products are not only beautiful, but they're functional. St. Gogano's Armory has you covered with any blacksmith need you might have. On top of that, a portion of all sales goes back into the community. So why settle for generic mass-produced items when you can own something that is hand-forged and unique and give back to your community? So check them out today at stgoganoarmory.etsy.com. Browser selection of handcrafted blacksmith merchandise and apparel. That's right. Don't forget about the apparel. And don't so, forget about the apparel that I messed up until he got it. And don't forget, you can check them out on uh, Instagram in particular at Saint underscore Galgano underscore Armory. Dibs. Um, he's posting pictures. You can call Dibs. Get some dibs. custom. Get some custom cuts. Custom. Use custom merchandise that he's made. Words are hard. It's a good thing I only speak once a week. Good night. <laughs> what is going on? But check them out. Instagram at Saint underscore Galgano underscore Armory. Uh, they are on X and, and TikTok at Saint Galgano Armory. Um, so check them out. Connect with them. And then, um, you know, thinking about uh, that I only speak once a week. Um, I preached Sunday on Revelation 8. And I knew that I was. I said something, and, and in the midst of it, in the pulpit, I knew like I was probably going to get some feedback on what I said, and I did, but not what I, I, uh, not what I was expecting. So, um, just for some background, and I'll, I'll just read from my notes, even though I, I expounded on this a little bit more than what my notes had, and you know, preaching through Revelation eight. You know, and in in that sensor, as the flames come up, right? That the pot that the one angel has, um, as the trumpets are about to be, um, about to be blasted. Um, you know, the prayers of, of the people that are in there, and and you know, earlier on in Revelation, there's some saints that have been martyred who are under all under an altar, and this presumably the same altar in in Revelation eight, and that John the Revelator sees back in the. Revelation six, and they're they're crying out to the Lord. When when are you gonna when are you gonna act? When are you gonna redeem us? When are you gonna avenge our deaths? And basically, God tells them, not yet, right? And just wait in a little while. And so, um, my question to the congregation was: Will our prayers be among the prayers being answered when God takes action in these ways? And if you trust in Christ alone for salvation, and if you are praying, they will be. And I asked them, Are you praying? And this is where I knew I was going to get some feedback. Men, husbands, fathers, grandfathers, uncles, right? Men, it is our responsibility to lead in this area, right? And I said, and, and I'm giving us a whole bunch of wife show fodder, but that my wife is much better than me at making sure that we're praying together. 
and I I need to repent of my laziness and prayerlessness, and I need to lead. Oh, I need to lead more so in this area. And so and then I called on men. I said, I'm calling on you men to join me in taking initiative on that point because it's our responsibility to lead our wives, our children, our grandchildren, neighborhood kids, kids in church that need that need a, a, a male influence, right? We're, it's our responsibility to lead them to be praying people because when our kids are grown and gone, we want them to look back and think of their parents or whomever is the influence in their lives, even their grandparents, that we want to think of them as praying parents. And more significantly, at the end of the age, at the, the time of judgment, when God begins to answer the prayers of all the saints, we want our prayers and the prayers of our children to be among the ones that he's answering. And I got a, a text last night for a, a sweet woman in my church. Um, and she was sitting next to a woman who is single in my church. And I, I don't know the age of this woman. And she might be in her late 30s or 40s, the single woman. But anyway, her, her question to me was, what about this woman? Um how does that relate to this woman when she doesn't have, um, you know, a, a male in her life? And I, and I, I don't know if her parents are, are, are dead or, or any of that. Or, you know, I know she's not married. I, she doesn't have like a, a boyfriend. So I thought that's what we talk about. How, how do you address this with a single woman that the, the male headship, if you will, to just be controversial? <laughs> yeah. And and I guarantee you there's going to be some pushback from people on this episode. Um, I generally don't shy away from controversy, if you know me. Um, well, it definitely when it, it, it's what it's what it's backed up by God's word. I mean, I don't is. think it's it, it's still controversial to the world, but it's still backed up by God's word. No, absolutely. But that and that's what I'm getting at. Like, I don't yeah. generally back away from from controversy, especially if it's scripture related but when i get the text going hey you know what do you think about talking about this and i'm reading the text and i'm reading the scripture and i'm reading basically what you just read right and i'm sitting there going man i don't i don't know that we want to touch this right now <laughs> um, i don't i don't know how great of an idea this is um and that's cool that's cool because uh last time i checked my ideas don't don't add up to a hill of beans wait your response to me was i like this let's go with it yeah i sent you what i needed to send you okay <laughs> oh so you told me what i needed to hear that's right <laughs> i told i told you what i needed to hear <laughs> i see how so, this works so while we're we're gonna be at risk of offending some people um, something tells me it's not going to be the first time or the last time that we offend some people. And I honestly don't think it, it's really that offensive, to be honest with you. It, it depends on how you come at it. Sure. Right? Um, well, and, I'll tell you and, this. Sorry, go ahead. No, and, and by no means are we saying that there's not a place for for women within ministry. Just the opposite, actually. Um, but it could also, you know... Things get misconstrued and people hear what they want to hear. Well, and, and this doesn't necessarily was... have to. I, I get what you're saying. Like, I don't I, I mean, a woman's call, but neither of our calls, man or woman, is to be in vocational ministry or to even preach. Right. We're called this. Is my controversial statement. We're called to give the Great Commission to to feel to heed the Great Commission and to 
to evangelize, but I don't think this is necessarily talk about about women that it, it's gonna, you know, touch I'm just on saying, the women pastor from a, issue from a surface level. If we would have stopped where we started, and just been like, well, thanks for joining us, it could be controversial. And you All have right. to you have to understand where my head is, and you have to understand what goes on in my head, which is terrifying to think about. Can we uh can we can we suss that out one day? Can we uh talk to the voices in Andy's head? <laughs> I, they're they're pretty expensive. You'll have to pay them to be on the show. Is there food? There's there there's a an appearance fee, a retaining fee. There's all kinds of fees. Well, I think the, anyway. the first thing I answered to this woman, right, she asked me for guidance. And the first thing I said, you know, basically is this, like, if we go to, to Genesis 2, verse 18, God created woman to be a helper to the man. And I think we all know that the context of this verse is 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 being a helper fit for a husband. Um, But that doesn't that doesn't cut out single woman, a single woman or single women. Yes. The, Absolutely. You know, a, a single woman, the single woman doesn't doesn't serve any one man, but she's still able to cultivate a heart as a helper and to cultivate a heart that serves. Right. And she can she can live her life. She can serve and help her local church. She can she can serve and help families in her local church. She can serve and help her boss at work if he's a male of uh, friends and family. Right. And so. And that single woman. Or any single woman when when they're they can be known as as a servant heart that you know that they can still be a helper and a helpmate even though they're not it's not in the context of marriage. Right. And that's the that's the key. Like is is it good to be married? I think so. I enjoy it. But if you're not married, that doesn't mean you're not serving. It doesn't mean that you're not helping. It doesn't mean you're not leading. It doesn't mean you're not sharing the gospel correct and and paul basically tells us right that if you're not married um you know you, you should probably stay single unless you can't right it, or, and and i think he's really doing that in the context of ministry that it's easier to do ministry single but i i gotta tell you having done it from both sides of the coin um it's easier to do ministry with with a helpmate I think so. I definitely think so. Um, the other thing I think that, you know, a single woman, a single woman can affirm and encourage male leadership in her life, right? Here, here's the here's the the controversial statement. Men, men should be the leaders in the home and in the church. Um absolutely. Sometimes there are some men who fail to do that in the home, and it does fall on the wife and mother's shoulders, right? Can I can I add something real quick? Uh, Absolutely. Just, just so we're being fully transparent, um, uh, and I, and I may be overstepping for you, but I would say that we probably fail more than we don't. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I know I do. Absolutely, because especially in leading in prayer, because like, and we could talk. We may have talked about this, so we could have a whole other episode, right? Prayers, prayers, like the hardest thing to do. I have no idea why. Like we just kind of throw up lip service or or this, but to really, you know, I spent I spent some good time in prayer 
with my wife last night and and I'll I recommend this and I'll put it in the show notes there's a book you can get uh written it's a small book it's it's 21 days of prayer for couples there's a few of these books and it's written by um by a wonderful godly man who's become such a huge uh encouragement to me in my life and my ministry Dennis Henderson um and so I'll, I'll put the show notes up if I'll put it in the show notes but we started going through that and it gives you some prayer prompts to pray as a couple um to pray for things for your marriage but to spend that time in prayer and hopefully like you go through it for the you know going back to that book you use it for the 21 days and you develop that habit but I'll tell you like my own prayer life struggles at times because I think as long as I'm I'm praying and studying for for sermon prep and for the church and I I neglect my own personal time with God but prayer's hard I don't know why it is and I I know that it's probably hard for you. And if we took a poll, those who are the willing thing to is, admit like, it, it's hard. I'll be I'll be going out through my daily activities and um and I think I as I'm going through that, I'll pray. Now it, it's maybe not prayer like people are envisioning prayer. Um right, but I'll go throughout my daily activities and be praying, like something'll pop on me and it'll just be like one, two, hey God be with that or um hey you know help me with this or yeah yeah but when it but when it comes time to like okay i'm going to bed right so i'll do what i'm my my pre-bedtime routine and then i lay down and then i start talking to god and it's like dear god what what am i supposed to say here yeah right and then and then there's the the my favorite right i'll be praying and it's like dear god blah 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 and then i'll stop to like give time for response like i know he's not going to audibly have a go look andy if you just do this you idiot um <laughs> although some days right and then in that time of response like i get so distracted so easily and so then i'm thinking about like turner's football game or, or mason's homework and did we do this right and then I'm like, oh yeah, God, sorry, let me get back to you. Uh da, 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 da. And then I'm like, man, I wonder if the Braves are gonna do this this year. And maybe, maybe if people would stop focusing on Taylor Swift, they'd stop talking about him when it comes to football and 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 this and that. And then it's like, oh God, I'm so sorry what I was saying or what I meant to say. And then or or let's say I stay on topic, right? Yeah. And I'm praying and I'll and I'll use the wrong word and then because god knows my heart and he knows what i'm trying to say but then i'm like you know that's not what i meant but you know what i mean was actually this and and then i'm explaining to god how things work and it's like what in the name of all that is holy am i doing well i'll tell you this the, the beautiful part of that and i i think what you've just described is if we're honest, is every single one of us, right? Oh, absolutely. Or, or the, the other ADHD prayer, if you will. Or the other one that happens to me is especially like maybe early in the morning or late at night where you're 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 literally dozing off while you're talking to him. And uh, you know, I think the beauty of it is is think about think about talking to your children and how you know your children go off on, you know, they're telling me they're telling you about their day or whatever, and it's just random 35 different stories just like you know, coincide on a four-way intersection and and it's Absolutely. just a mess. And it's good, right? And 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 it's good. Like you're God's child. Like those of us who call 
Christ, our Lord and Savior, you are God's child. And you can you can lay on his chest and you can let him wrap his arms around you. Or you could sit at his feet and you could tell those meandering stories. And and the beauty is it's, you know, and I think both of us as Baptists, um, you know, as particularly Southern Baptists, sometimes we've we've negated the spirit to sometimes or, or have squashed the spirit. And and the beauty thing about prayer, right? And I know you know this, but that the spirit's cleaning them up for us, right? The spirits, the spirits offering up prayers um, that we don't even know to pray for yet. And and our language, even in the cleanest, even if we try to use the most, you know, the the perfect church in ease to lift our prayers to God, we speak only in the King James. Um, it's still not clean enough for the Lord, and and the Spirit cleans it up for us. And so that's the the beauty of those times in prayer. And 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 some of those times where I've meandered and stuck to it and and had that realization that I've meandered, sometimes they become some of the sweetest time I've had with the Lord. Oh, yeah. Then there's also, I, I, I did this a lot in college, as I would be praying, and I know we're totally off subject and we'll get back, but... It's all um, good. It's all, it all leads to Jesus. That's right. And so I'd be, I'd be praying and I would pray till I fell asleep, mm. right? I would not stop praying until I went to sleep. And then all of a sudden I'd wake up at two or three in the morning and I'm like, oh God, I'm sorry. I didn't, let me just finish my, my, my thought, right? And just pick right back up and go. It's like, what a dork. Right. But if we go, if we track back, right, men should be the leaders in the home and in the church. And and I think single women, they have a, they have a chance. They have an opportunity to, um, to encourage this leadership, but in the way that they interact with, with men. And Absolutely. and I think that they can encourage male leadership by asking single brothers to to lead in, in planning and helping them plan social gatherings. Um, to ask men who are present at meals to 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 say grace and bless the meal. Um, to encourage and 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 thank their elders and deacons for their work in the church, or even writing notes. I know this is a it seems like an archaic principle, but I think handwritten stuff is incredible. Like writing notes of encouragement to mar to married couples and, and praising the Lord for the good leadership the husband is is displaying within his family and within his marriage because marriages our marriages aren't about what we drive where we live what schools we ki our kids go to what sports are doing like our marriages should be um a representation of the gospel first and foremost absolutely and so if you're seeing that encourage that um I think a single woman can also cultivate a posture of submission to her God-given authorities. And I'll give you some time to, to respond, right? But but I, I think each and every one of us, I'm not just calling single women, but we we all need to cultivate a posture of submission, but particularly in those of us that are single to to the earthly authorities, whether whether it's uh, in a single woman's case or anybody who's single, whether it's their parents. Um, a pastor, a boss, or anyone else who's an authority. And and I think that a single woman should do this, and, and actually a, any single person should do this, because Jesus commands it, right? Jesus commands no, it because when we do it, we'll look more like him in our obedience. And this is valuable whether, whether that single woman gets married at 21 or 71 or never is married, Um and, and I think and, that I, I let's let's suss that out because I think having a a, a submissive spirit or, or or posture of submission, however you want to put it, that's hard. Oh sure. Uh, and it's not just hard especially for as women, Americans. It's hard for, 
Yeah, yeah. It's not just hard for women either. It's hard no. for men because we have to have uh, a posture of submission right. because we recognize that we aren't that authority. Right. Right. But we we want to be that authority, and when we're not that authority, we want to beat people into submission, but not submission to God, submission to us, because then we are the authority. And and I think particularly when we're single, whether you're a man or a woman, when when that single person learns to submit submit to and honor the authorities that God has placed in their life. Um, when that time comes, a, an earthly marriage will just be a much easier transition um, than if we hadn't developed that posture. Absolutely. And I think single folks, right? And, and again, this is sort of in the context for single women, but I think a, a we can develop, right? A, the single person needs to develop a a gentle and quiet spirit, as as Peter talks about in First Peter three verse four. But it, I think that the the confusion here is that a gentle and quiet spirit is not a gentle and quiet personality, right? It's very possible for a man or a woman to have a a, a gentle and quiet personality, but still be raging with rebellion against the Lord. Absolutely. You know, and I think if we go, if we look into Psalm 131, right, a, a gentle and quiet spirit is a heart that rests and hopes in the Lord. Yeah, no, I wholeheartedly agree. And, you know, and Peter tells us that this is a beauty that is imperishable and is a great value to God. What about hospitality, Andy? I think single folks, but particularly single women, can practice. I know that now it's got to be the women, the woman that practices hospitality. I think it's as Christians we should learn to practice hospitality, regardless. But a single person can definitely learn to practice hospitality because it's a great gift that we can give. Oh, absolutely. Um, but so hospitality, I don't know that it comes natural to everybody. No. Uh, matter of fact, I would I would venture to guess say that it doesn't, and so that's something you got to learn. I think as married couples, like me and Doctor Wife, you and your wife, like we have to show that. So we have to be hospitable first to to show like, hey, like this is what it means to be hospitable. Like, you know. But if it was up to my wife, I don't think anybody would be allowed to come over. Yeah. No. Have you met Doctor Wife? <laughs> well, I think that's something they have in common. Like, Dr. Wife is the most introverted person. Like, we were just talking the other day. I was like, hey, I think I'm going to invite so-and-so over for the Super Bowl. And she's like, yeah, oh, oh okay. <laughs> and in her head, she's like, and I'll I'll get roasted for this, and, and you can throw me under the bus when we record later in the Wives episode. But in her head, she's like, but then I can't go to bed at halftime. Ah. <laughs> well, and everybody knows all the good commercials are before halftime. Right, right. <laughs> And so, you know, and I, but I think we are, I haven't sent the invites out yet, but like we as couples need to, to bring those, especially those who are single, because it's easy to get lost oh, in a church when you're single. Absolutely. So we as couples need to wrap our arms around these single people to show them what it looks like to love somebody, to show them. Then, then they have a look at because let's let's be honest. Some of us didn't grow up in happy homes. Some of us 
grew up in very much broken homes. And if it wasn't for my aunt and my uncle and my grandparents, like I wouldn't know what a successful marriage looked like. Mm. My mom and papa were married for over 50 years. Um, Claudia and Donnie have been married for almost 40 years. Right. I, but if I just, I look at my home life, like wasn't, that wasn't the picture of a happy home. Yeah. Growing up. Um, and so I had to have people. And then when me and Ashley got together and we got engaged and we started being active in our church um, in Iowa, like we were, we were in small groups and there were people that invited us over and whether we want to admit it or not, like that helped us to see this is how marriage works because we had friends that had been married for a little while and they didn't always agree on stuff. Um, and so there was like, Oh, so this is, this is how you properly fight as a married couple. Right. Right. This is how you properly do this. So I shouldn't look at my wife dead in the eye and be like, you're a flipping idiot. Shut up. No. And I think the trend is right. Like with our spouses, with the people that we're closest to, but particularly our spouses, like we totally forget about the Imago Dei. And that believe oh, it or not, that they're made in the image of God. And and like it, it's easy to character assassinate your spouse. Yeah, and you and you do it without thinking is the sad part. Absolutely. It's it's like the go-to, right? Because we are in this win culture, right? When we're arguing, even if they're legitimate arguments, like we want to win. There's no compromise. We need to win at yeah. all costs. And so and here's the thing: who knows your spouse? Other than God and maybe their parents, who knows the spouse better than anybody else? The other spouse. And so if you're in this win mentality, right, you know the little neurosis. Neuroses? Thank you. Is that the word you're looking for? That's the word. That, well, or the buttons to push. You know how to yeah. push those buttons. You know their their most vulnerable areas. And when you keep getting pushed and pushed and pushed, eventually you're going to go nuclear. Uh, yeah, you hit below the belt. Right. And then you say something, um, and it's happened both sides in my marriage where I've said something that I knew I shouldn't have said, but I, by golly, I was going to win. Yeah. And I can think of at least one time where Dr. Wife did that to me. And it, I mean, the effects of both of those lasted much longer than we'd like to admit. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so, but we needed those couples to show us what it looked like to have a successful marriage. And so, and, and it's one thing I would always tell my youth group because I had, I had a couple kids in particular that were just boy crazy or girl crazy, right? And so they'd come up to me and they're like, Andy, I got this new boyfriend, or Andy, I like this boy, and or Andy, this girl is pretty cute. What do you think? And I'm like, I, I don't think she looks like she's twelve. I don't, I don't know what you want me to tell you, right? Like so, uh, but I would always tell them like, why, why, why do you like them? Well, Andy, they're hot. Yeah, but why do you like them? Like, so you want to date them? Yeah, yeah. Why? I don't know, maybe just to hang out. So then hang out with them as friends. Why do you need to date? Yeah. Uh, I said, well, here's the reason why you date. And I and if I've said this once, I've said it a million times, and, and especially my last youth group, because they were a little more boy and girl crazy than, than the one before them. Um why do we date? And every time I would say it, you'd get this audible. <sighs> you date <laughs> to find a spouse. Amen. So here's the thing. If you're dating this girl right now, or you're dating this guy right now, and you know 
that 10 years down the road, you're not going to be with them and there is no way that they are your spouse. Don't be with them. Absolutely. Don't Don't waste your time. Don't put yourself in a situation where you might give up more than you should. Don't put them in a situation to where they may see you that way and you don't. So now they're wasting their time and you're wasting yours. If you don't, if you know there is no future there, you're done. Get out. They never like to hear that. No. I think what I told my last my last youth group when I was a youth pastor is something along the lines of um if uh if you if you have the desire to bed her, you need to wed her. I think you'll only write that down. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good way to get me to ask not to come back to youth group. <laughs> but uh you know, with thinking about hospitality, when we practice hospitality and whatever that is, right, and open our doors, you know, not just in the church, but in our homes, um, those are incredible opportunities that can arise from that. Opportunities for discipleship, for encouragement, and and those opportunities to evangelize, right? We, we, we're always waiting. It's great when we get those spontaneous opportunities to, to share the gospel, but I, I think we fail at seeking those opportunities and practicing hospitality, man, the, the, the opportunities are cultivate. Oh, absolutely. And hospitality doesn't have to be huge events. No, absolutely not. It opened the door for somebody, you know, Oh, I guess I did watch the Super Bowl at your house. I was just going to pull a passive aggressive. You never invited me over for the Super Bowl. No, actually. So the chiefs and the 49ers are in it this year. The last time they were in the Super Bowl, you were at my house. I thought it was the it was the wasn't it the Chiefs Pat Super Bowl? Nope. Oh, it couldn't have been a Chiefs Pat Super Bowl. I was thinking Brady, Chiefs Brady Super Bowl, but that was the Bucks. It was the it was the Niners. It was the Niners. And I know that because yeah. uh Turner, I had mentioned I made a COVID joke, which evidently for some people too soon. Um, but I was like, Yeah, start hoarding cola paper turner because the last time these two were in the Super Bowl, uh COVID happened. And so it's just all going to go downhill. That's right. And Turner goes, yeah, it was also the last time Mr. Chad was at our house for the Super Bowl. And I was like, well, I'm glad you remembered that because he's my best friend and I couldn't remember. <laughs> oh, I, I also think for single folks and, and particularly women, but I don't think that these verses really are. I think these verses are for men as well. But these are these are incredible Titus two moments for single women that that a single woman, she can definitely become the older woman for a younger woman and walk alongside her. Right. And and, and it's golden opportunities for an older woman who could be married um, to really show this single woman or, or man, uh, what, what a godly marriage looks like. Um, You know, that they have opportunities on both sides of that coin to, to teach them what, what, to teach what is good and how to walk in self-control and purity. Yes, absolutely. And I think that that companionship is what's really what's missing in society. Um, And I understand why we don't do it with kids. Like don't, don't hear what I'm not saying, but as, as an adult, it has helped me to have friends who are older than me that are, that are men. Um, like this, this podcast here, you know, you have my pseudo grandfather Chadwick, 
who is my best friend and and me there's there's an age gap and but you you know your perspective on things has really helped me through multiple events and i i would like to think that that goes both ways my oh, absolutely wife, my wife has friends and i have friends that are younger that i try to be that person too right mm-hmm. Uh, my wife, Dr. Wife has friends who are older and younger and the same age, but like we, you know, we try to be that, that example for others and, and just live life. Because if we, if we cross generations, there's always something to learn on both sides of the aisle. Absolutely. And it's, it's something that is needed and neglected in society today. And it's definitely something that I've sought and it, since I was young, like that, that older, that older man, that sort of maybe dad type figure or at least a, a man in your life who can absolutely show you what it means to be a man a- and, and what that means. And I think that's the same thing for women. Um, I think the last thing I shared that I shared with, with her was that that single women can, they can honor marriage, even if they're not married, they can commend and honor marriage by rejoicing with those who are rejoicing in biblical marriage. So don't don't fall into the always a bridesmaid, never a bride. If if it's not God's plan for you yet to be married, if it's not God's plan for you to be married, rejoice in those who are rejoicing in biblical marriage, whether that's a friend, coworker, uh, a family member, your sister, your brother, um, whatever it is, rejoice in that. Um, because that marriage is um it, it, that marriage should be uh, a living for believers. It's a, it should be a living example. It should be another living example to the outside of Christ. It should be a living example of Christ and the church and how that should be modeled. And so yeah. that's something to be rejoiced in. And so I, I remember I, me, me and Dr. Wife got married kind of young, especially for today's standards. Um, I remember telling the guy who was my best man at my wedding um, and he he always kind of struggled with relationships. Great guy, loving, loving dearly. Um, so I remember telling him, like, "Hey, you know, I asked Ashley to marry me. She said yes." Um, and the way that he was excited for me was was unreal. Right? He he couldn't wait. He wanted. He had only met her maybe once or twice. He's like, "Well, y'all need to y'all need to come in so we can hang out." And so we did. Um, and, and they got to be friends and, um, I thought it was weird that he was that excited and it was twofold. One, he was, he was excited for me because he loved me. Right. And and it's that example. Um, two, he was excited because he knew I would never force him to watch another baseball game because somebody was going to take his place. Ah. Um, and he told Ashley such at our wedding. Like, So now for- you, so you're, what you're saying is you force Ashley to watch baseball games? Yeah. Oh wait, I've been to a baseball game with Ashley. Yeah, I don't think she was an active participant. No, she goes because it, it's it's an experience, right? Yeah. But it, she goes because me and the boys love it. Yeah. Right? The last two years we've gone to Cincinnati, um, and it's been blistering hot those last two years. And Cincinnati Stadium doesn't have very many shaded seats. No, especially if you're a fan of the opposing team. Um. And so she she said this year because it was it was 105, uh, the second because we went to two games right both both times went to two games, um, 
and our second game was like 105 and I, we got in the car and we're driving home and Ashley's like what I'm not going back you you can go the boys can stay home or you can take the boys or you you and Turner can go and me and Mason will go somewhere else or stay at the hotel but I'm not I'm not going next year Cool. And, and I think you know, and those are good things that that we definitely need to have that, um, that influence in our life and that model in our life. And I mean, ultimately, right? Singleness, singleness can also be a signpost, right? So if we think about this in the context of women, a, a married woman's a signpost. Married, you know, married men and women are signposts and reminding the church, particularly women, are reminding the church how to be Christ's bride. Because in that metaphor, the the wife is the is the church, right? We are to love our wives the way Christ loved the church. And so the married woman reminds the church how to be Christ's bride. And the single woman can also be a, a very similar reminder because with a gentle and quiet spirit, with a willingness to follow and submit to godly authority. Um, and that's the key there, right? To submit to godly authority um, by a, a desire to be a helper and a servant in the church. That single woman can stand as a as an incredible reminder that points to Christ in the church. Oh, absolutely. And, and the world is going to laugh at this woman. Right, the the world is gonna is gonna scoff at at a, at, at this woman who's clothed with strength and dignity, and that's okay if the world laughs at you and mocks at you because the bride of Christ will be strengthened and encouraged. Absolutely, and that's that's what we need. We we need for to be that shining example to the the community. Not to make ourselves look good by any stretch of the imagination, but to make our Lord and Savior look good. That's, Amen. That's where our priorities are. Amen. We, we have to make... And, and here's the thing. Jesus doesn't need our help to look good. No. Jesus doesn't need our help to to shine his light. and to bring Jesus doesn't through. need our help. Yeah. Full Period. Style. But... But we are called to do what we're called to do, right? And so if we're these these examples, then we're going to do what we're called to do. Amen. I feel like I've hijacked this episode, but... No, I like it. And now I'm just thinking, I was like, well, we don't need our wives. We don't need a wives episode because we're very, very eager and willing to let the world know what idiots we are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the thing. If you think that, oh, this is just an act and they're really not that stupid. Um, our wives are coming on our ne- one of our next couple episodes. And and after that, if it doesn't let you know that this is just who we are and we are those idiots then maybe so, there's something wrong with you. If you don't think so, save this question. I'm going to give you a question right now on the air, Andy. Ask my wife during the, the wives episode, what happened to me when we were kind of first dating and I went to go get lunch at the grocery store and couldn't find my car. Why have I never heard this story? <laughs> because I'm also very vain and I hide my idiocy as much as I can. 
Yeah, I quit hiding my ADC a long time ago. But um, yeah. Have, it, I told, have I ever told you about how I got the youth group kicked out of a store in a mall? Oh, I think I did hear that. Like, so, I, you know, I give every time we go anywhere, I have five rules for youth group. Five. That's it. Shut up when I'm talking. Don't be rude. Have fun. Don't die. And and don't make a baby. Right. Those are my five rules for youth ministries. Yeah, I'd add a sixth. Uh, no law enforcement contacts. Well, that that involves with don't be don't 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 be stupid. Oh yeah, sure, sure. Um, so, and I always tell them like, guys, when we go out, if your mom and daddy aren't there, like I'm your daddy, okay, and and don't embarrass me, because you're representing me, you're representing your family, you're representing the church, right? And so we go to the mall in Indianapolis, the one, one in, of them. in Carmel. Uh, I don't know. I don't remember. It's not not so. It's not the one well, downtown. To me, that's the mall in Indianapolis because I always went to the one in Carmel because they had a uh, an arcade that had my favorite game from when I was a kid way in the back. And for ten bucks, you could get a wristband and play unlimited arcade games all day long. <laughs> yeah. So, Doctor Wife could probably tell you which one it was. Maybe I guess it's Carmel. For all Man. you Hoosiers, if I've mispronounced it, I'm it's, sorry. It's Carmel. <laughs> I think I don't know that's how I say. I don't know. Anyway, Doctor Wife, the nice town. Doctor Wife could tell you exactly which mall we went to, but so, but it wasn't Circle Center Mall. Um, and so me and and I never chaperoned a group. Right, all the other adults would have a group to chaperone, um, and I'd just bounce from group to group. And uh, a, a bunch of the guys were like, "Let's go in this fancy clothing store for men." Or this fancy, like none of us were rich enough to shop there, and, and we were in the men's section. Wait, and one, you and I used to do this after breakfast. Not, not that kind of clothing <laughs> store. But man, I miss that shop. So, um, there was a mannequin holding a French horn, and one of the smart kids was like, "Hey, I wonder if that French horn works." And I was like, "I bet it does." And I'm not one to turn down a dare, especially from a student. And one of the students looks me dead in the eye and goes, "Bet you won't play it." So now I'm in a conundrum. You're a grown man. I could, I could, authority. I could have been the grown up and I could have been like, you're probably right. I won't. Here's your dollar. Um, or for street cred, I could play that French horn. And so I reached up and I grabbed the French horn and I played the B flat scale and it was a little off key um, because I don't know that that French horn had been played in years. And we're cackling like little schoolgirls, and I put it back and I turn around and they're like, sir. And like, so now the manager is over and he's like, sir, you and your kids need to leave. And I was like, oh, they're not my kids. I'm not their parent. He's like, sir, you need to get those kids and you need to leave my store. And so we're laughing and walking out and I stop them and I look at them and I was like, this never gets repeated to your parents. Thank you. <laughs> so I, I've not heard that story. And two things. First, how many mouths have been on that French horn and you risked? Oh, I guess I'm too much of a germaphobe. Okay, I am, but, but five bucks is five bucks, man. The other second thing is no one, no one in the world of street cred has ever gotten street cred by playing the French horn look, in a it, shopping mall. Look, look. 
maybe maybe it wasn't street cred because it was with a bunch of homeschoolers, okay? But I got I got homeschool. So cred. this is now the widest story <laughs> I have ever heard. <laughs> How I do youth ministry, my friend. <laughs> I will, you know, I'm an idiot. Don't judge uh. me. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that was that was fun. Every time those pictures pop up in my time hop, I'm like, hey. Dr. Wife, you remember that time that I got... Ca- yes, shut, stop. Just shut up. Just shut up. Okay. Well, we are two weeks from the Super Bowl, and I know the big the big story everybody wants to know, that I'll give you the last word after this, is is, is Taylor going to be able to make the Super Bowl from Tokyo? Our fingers are crossed. Everybody's hey. waiting with bated breath. I want to know. I want to know. Two weeks from the Super Bowl. San Francisco 49ers, Kansas City Chiefs. Who you got? Chiefs. If you had to if you had to put money on it. Chiefs. All right. You and I'm only it? saying this because of two things. First of all, um I always like to upset certain Denver Bronco fans out here in my life. So it's always good for fun. Um I so when I was way in the football, you know, and and I I lived and died Dallas Cowboys from when I was about three years old till I was, till they signed Terrell Owens. Um, That was sort of the end for me with the Cowboys is when they signed Terrell Owens. And for no other reason than how you, you signed him when he played for the Niners and disrespected the star and George Teague got suspended because he knocked him on his backside, you know, blindsided him when he went and did that bow at the, at the star. Um, I've never been a Niners fan, and a lot of it has to do with the the Joe Montana to Dwight Clark the catch. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go just the opposite. I'm gonna root for the 49ers. Um, multiple reasons. Uh, one, I can't stand the Chiefs. So um, SunTrust, I got your back. Yeah, SunTrust is a big big Chiefs fan. Loves loves Patrick Mahomes. Loves the Chiefs. Um, when I was a kid, I was a 49ers fan. Because- I, I got him Patrick Mahomes socks in Kansas City. I just remembered that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he's big, 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 big fan. So when I was a kid, I was a 49ers fan. Everybody was everybody was a, a Cowboys fan because they were the big team in the 90s. Was that um, still Montana loved, or Steve Young? I loved Jerry Rice. Okay, yeah. Did I lose you? No, I'm still here. You love Jerry Rice. I lost you. Are you back? Am I I'm back? back. I think I'm back. Did I leave or was that you? I don't know. Somebody's internet was unstable. It never tells you. It just says maybe it was my internet is unstable. Unstable. Well, we'll have to edit this. It's the perils of ministry. Church but, internet's the worst. Absolutely. But uh, so I was a huge Jerry Rice fan and I was a 49ers fan uh, until. Um, until my granddad professed his, you know, reminded me of his love for the Cowboys um, when he was ranting about how crappy of a person the Giants owner and coach was. And so then I became a Giants fan. But so I uh, I have a jersey of Jerry Rice that I got in middle school. And I still have said jersey. And I have threatened Turner, SunTrust, as you call him, um, to put that on and wear it during the Super Bowl because he's going to wear his Patrick Mahomes jersey that he got for Christmas. And so now he's petrified that I'm going to put on this jersey that is way too small 
uh, and then I'm going to take pictures of it and send it to all his friends. I need pictures. It'll happen. I need pictures. It'll, it'll, it'll happen. And it only gets better if it's a Jerry Rice Seahawks jersey. No, it's a, it's a Jerry <laughs> Rice 49ers jersey. It was So that's that's why I'm rooting for the Niners. That and uh, at least, you know, a good chunk of the 49ers from what I can see love Jesus. So and so if we if we fall down that rabbit hole, it was shocking to me that Travis Kelsey broke Jerry Rice's reception record in the postseason. And then I realized when I did the math, like he's been they've been to the Super Bowl now. What does their be their their fourth? Fourth time in five years. Mm-hmm. But they've been to six, he's been to six championship games. So every time they've been in the playoffs, they've gone deep. Jerry had Mahomes a few... has never not been in the NFC oh, yeah. championship game. But Jerry's had a few um one and outs. You know, yeah. the, the Niners got knocked out in the divisional round or something like that. So yeah, so I mean, Travis Kelsey's never played, you know, less than two games in the postseason every time they've gone. But I don't care what uh, so and I did giggle. Randy Moss was talking about how he was the greatest receiver of all time. But if you look at his stats and Jerry Rice's stats, it's comical to see that Jerry Rice was so much better than, than numbers wise. Yeah, I, I think Randy Moss was uh, is incredible, like what he could do. But no, Jerry Rice is probably I would if I was if I could have any player, any wide receiver to start a team with. From beginning of football to now, the first person I'm taking is Jerry Rice. Yeah. He may be my number one draft pick overall. Plus, I'm going to say the controversial statement. Travis Kelsey is not a tight end because tight ends block. I've never seen that man block. He just lines up as a slot receiver in the tight end spot. He is my least favorite of the Kelsey brothers. I'll, I'll leave it there. He is, he is not a wide, He is not a tight end. So, so this whole thing that he's rewriting the position, I, I believe Tony Gonzalez rewrote the position. Yeah. And I, I, I think Tony Gonzalez is better than. I mean, I'll give you the argument that Gronk was a tight end because Gronk blocked. I have some hot takes on that, but that's for another episode. But Gronk, and Gronk didn't block a lot, but Gronk blocked. So when we stop recording, I have a hot take for you. I All right. That on YouTube, but. Well, uh, so here, here's my last word, everybody. Be that example for somebody. Amen. If you are married, be that example for the unmarried person. Follow what God has called you to do and be that example. If you are that single person, follow what God has called you to do and be an example for somebody. Amen. Amen. And if you have any... uh You've got some questions for the wives episode that's coming up or any uh, you want to reach out uh, if you have any show um, topics we can talk about or you want to talk about this. Um, you can hit us up. You can email us hillhipsterpod at gmail.com. We are on X at hillhipsterpod. Same handle on Instagram at hillhipsterpod. Uh, and don't forget, wherever you listen, if you, you can give us a review, um, we prefer five star reviews and um, but I mean, maybe a one star would be funny to read on the air, but just that that shouldn't be fodder for you to give us a one star, but give us a review, um, rate us and that'll legit help us. reviews, please. Yes. If, legit you're, reviews. if you're going to bash us, make it funny, but I'd prefer you not. I'm fragile. <laughs> All right.
Well, till next time. <laughs> I was giving you. Pony I was. I was giving, I'd already said my last word. I didn't know what was going uh, on. I was stay, confused. Stay gold, pony boy. Thank so you, until Tony next Pony. time, may God give us Christian homes. Where's the record button to stop it? <laughs>